That passage is uh, pretty well known to the Christian world. Martha is forever ingrained in history as the busy sister that complained to Jesus, right? Uh, That's what she's going to be forever known for. It's Martha's legacy, whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's going to follow her into eternity. And I I actually kind of feel bad for Martha. I'm pretty sure that's not the person that she was. Uh, But some people are known for certain things, aren't they? Uh, Their legacy has been entrenched in history uh, through just a few words or maybe a few images or even a sound would immediately bring their their name to your attention. And so we're going to play a little game this morning. I'm going to show you an image or a, a word and or a sound. And I want you to immediately tell me the person that it immortalizes. So the first one is this. Michael Jordan, right? Absolutely. We all know that is a symbol for Air Jordan or Michael Jordan. I was going to put the number 23 up there, but some of you would have said LeBron James, and that's the wrong answer. So, all right. So here is the next one. Well, thank you, Michael, for covering up Dr. Martin Luther King's (laughs) I have a dream. Whenever we see those, those words, we know exactly uh, who spoke those words uh, many years ago, but they still ring true today. And so we think of Dr. Martin Luther King immediately. How about this sound? Who's the composer? Beethoven. You might not have known that's Beethoven's fifth symphony, I think. I'm going to act like I actually know. But... Uh, that, yeah, we know that's Beethoven, right? So this is what my desire is for us here at Peak and First, PFN, is I want people to know us by what we value. I want people to know that PFN is a place to be known, a place to, to know Jesus and also to know other people. I, I want PFN to be a place where we, are, we value the church and a place where we place value in other people. And I want PFN uh, to be known for helping people find their God-given purpose in life. And I would love for people to see, do we have uh, the church's logo? Nope, you know what it looks like. So um, our church, there we go. The church's logo, those three colors up there were chosen on purpose. They're they're the three colors there, those three uh, entities, because we are to be known, we are to be valued, and we are to be purposed people. And so I want people, whenever they see that logo, to know, yeah, I know PFN. I know those people. They are known, they are valued, they are purposed. They walk the walk and they talk the talk. They are who they say they are. So back to our story. But first, let me ask you this question. What are you known for? What are you known for? Jesus, Mary, and Martha, and Lazarus were pretty good friends, and it's likely that Jesus stayed in their house whenever he passed through that way. Martha is assumed that she is the older of the two sisters, and so she is serving as host this day. Martha is in charge, and she made sure everything was in order, right? She was busy making sure everything was in place and the table was prepared and all of the details were in order. And once the meal began, though, we see the two sisters are divided. The older sister, Martha, is still rushing around taking care of things like any good host should do. 
But her younger sister, Mary, is nowhere to be found. Hey, Mary, would you put the dishes in the dishwasher? No, Mary. Hey, Mary, would you uh, clean off the table for us? No, Mary. And so while Martha centered on her responsibilities that day, while Martha was doing all of the talking, Mary sat quietly, and we never hear Mary say a word. Mary was enjoying the fellowship. She was at the feet of Jesus, listening to every word he said. She was absorbing every single word. She was listening intently. She was learning, and she's preparing herself to follow. Mary had the posture of probably all the other disciples that day, while Martha, well, she was the proper woman of the day. And she was doing exactly what was expected of Martha to do. And while Mary did something that was uh, not only unusual, what Mary did would have also been borderline scandalous. Because women in that day and age were not allowed to sit at the feet of a rabbi and learn from a rabbi. Women were not allowed to sit and learn in the company of other men. So right here in the word of God, we see God redefining the place of a woman. And so when Martha, her older sister, gets fed up and has enough and she starts to complain about her her little sister, by society, she is perfectly justified to do so. Mary's proper place was to be her older assistant, or be her older sister's assistant, to work alongside of her in the kitchen and in the home. So she says, tell her to get up, Jesus. Tell her to get up and, and uh, make her help me. And if you're taking notes, go ahead and fill this in. Martha expected Jesus to accept her agenda, but she was not willing to consider his. See, Martha was a lot like us. How many times do do we do the same thing with one another? We have our own agenda, we just don't say it. Or we have our agenda, we just don't, uh, or we expect everybody else to follow through with our agenda. I'll prove it to you. Some of you are going to have this exact same conversation later on today. And it's going to go like this. Hey, where do you want to go to lunch? (laughs) You can have this conversation right now, can't you? Oh, I don't care, wherever you want to go. Okay, how about we go to Steak and Shake? Oh, no, no. No, anywhere but Steak and Shake. Well, where do you want to go? Finish it for me. Wherever you want to go, right? Of course we know where we want to go to lunch, right? But we expect other people to conform to our agenda. On a more serious note, we do this with God all the time. And maybe you even did it this morning in worship. God, use me. God, mold me. God, change me. God, I'll do anything that you want me to do. As long as you don't ask me to. And as long as you don't send me. Or as long as you don't want me to change. Fill in the blank. In other words, God, if you would just change your agenda to match mine, then we're going to be fine. If you would just change your agenda, God, to my preferred agenda, then you and I are going to be golden. 
And I know we're on the right track as long as you change and I can be whoever I want to be. Lord, get her to help me. Make her do what's expected of her. Don't you care that I'm the only one doing all this work myself? And Jesus' response to Martha would have been as shocking as Mary sitting at the feet of Christ. Martha, Martha. It's almost like Jesus is using Martha's middle name, right? Brian David. If I ever hear Brian and David together, I know I'm in trouble, right? I'm 51 and I still hear it. Mom lives with us, so I still hear it. I don't think that's what Jesus meant, though. What we don't have in the written word is the inflection and in how Jesus sounded that day in speaking her name. So instead of Martha, Martha, I think it was a lot more like Martha, Martha. Martha expected Jesus to rebuke Mary, to make her get her butt back in the kitchen. But Jesus doesn't address Mary at all. Because Mary didn't need to change. Martha. Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, it's only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken from her. And those words of Jesus ring so true to us today. Because in our busyness, we forget about the one thing that is still and truly necessary. And so write this down this morning. That one thing that is truly necessary is not the next item on your to-do list. That one thing that is truly necessary is not even you serving other people. That one thing that is necessary is us getting to know the Lord himself, period. How many of you have come out of the, uh, the shutdown uh, with this new sense that, hey, our family's going to do something different. We're not going to be as busy anymore. We're going to have uh, treat our calendar with a greater sense of purpose and importance, right? And we're not going to put as many things on the calendar anymore. Yeah, how's that working out for you? I would suspect that you are as busy as you ever have been in your life, and probably busier. If anything has, has changed, it's that you have cleared up some things on your calendar, but you've replaced them with so many more things. I suspect most of us are as stressed, or probably even more stressed now today than we were 18, 19, 20 months ago. See, being busy isn't a sin. But allowing our calendar to control our relationship with Jesus is sinful. See, Jesus didn't tell Martha what she was doing was wrong. It just wasn't the right thing to be doing. Martha wasn't doing anything wrong, but the motivation for doing it came from the wrong place. She served because that's what she thought was expected of her. She's absolutely right. That's what was expected of her to do. But Jesus never told Martha she was wrong. He just said that Mary had chosen what was better. 
A word that Jesus used there, chosen, is a very interesting word for him to use. It would actually have been a, a legal term. It was something that a lawyer would use to uh, describe inheriting something. He's really saying that Mary has chosen what has been promised to her. Mary has chosen what her, her inheritance Mary was choosing what was rightfully hers. See, Jesus was her portion. Knowing Jesus, enjoying his presence was her inheritance. And Jesus said, I am not going to deny Jesus or deny Mary her inheritance. Martha chose to inherit what society expected her to do. Mary chose to inherit what the Lord desired her to do. Jesus is described as our inheritance or our portion throughout the Bible. I want you to look at these two verses here. Psalm 73 says, who do I have in heaven but you? And my desire, and I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. And ever, and ever, through eternity. Lamentations 3 says, Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. The Lord is my inheritance. He is my promise. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. See, the reason for our life, the reason that we have an eternal life is so that we can enjoy our Lord as our portion, as our inheritance. The reason that we are saved is to enjoy God, to sit with him, to listen to him, to talk to him, to treasure him. As our inheritance. And the Lord Jesus is the good portion that we should choose, or instead of being so busy, even with all sorts of different acts of service. But here's what I want you to notice in this passage I think that Jesus wanted to spend time with Martha. Martha, Martha, you are worried and concerned about so many things, but would you just sit here? Could we just spend some time with one another? Could we just enjoy each other's company? See, not only is the Lord our portion, but the Bible says that we are his portion as well. Deuteronomy 32 verse 9 says, the Lord's portion is his people. He wants to spend eternity with you as much as he wants you to spend it with him. Here's what I need to ask myself then in the light of, of this scripture. Is the Lord my portion? How much of my day is he sitting and waiting for me just to take notice that he's there? And recognize that he is the one thing that's truly necessary. I think far too often, if I'm honest, I miss out sitting at his feet. 
Instead of pushing back the busyness of my day and the busyness of this world, I miss out on savoring the love of Jesus at my side. So our first value here at PFN is to be known. All of us long to be known, to be accepted, to be loved, to be friended, right? So I think we need to take this message of, of Mary to heart here this morning. To be known by Christ, we need to desire to know Christ. Amen? Relationships are always a two-way street. And Jesus has always met us where we are. And he desires as much, he desires us even more than we may desire him. So PFN should first be a place where people can come to know Jesus. As we sit corporately together at the feet of Jesus, as we worship together on a Sunday morning, as we fellowship together, as we have communion together, we'll have communion together next week. Jesus should always know that his friends are gathering here on a Sunday morning to spend time with him. And being known starts with knowing and being known by Jesus, but being known needs to extend, extend to the body of Christ. And so a PFN is going to live out these three values, this known portion of values. We need four things. If you're taking notes, the first one is this. PFN needs to be a place to feel known. When you walk through those uh, doors at the back of the sanctuary, or maybe you came in the other side of the building to drop off your kids, you should know that you are among friends. And friends don't necessarily need to dress alike. Friends don't have to look alike. They don't have to behave the same way. They don't have to follow the same sports teams or political parties. We can still be friends. Friends don't even have to behave the same way. Friends don't even have to believe the same things. If you're here today and you have no clue who Jesus is or you don't want anything to do with hanging out with Christians, I still think we can be great friends. I'm a Christian myself. There's sometimes I don't want to hang out with us, right? <laughs> I get it. We're imperfect people. PFN is a place where everyone should feel welcomed and safe and loved. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to agree with you. It doesn't mean that everybody is going to, uh, you'll agree with everyone else. But differences aside, when we walk through those doors or when we attend online, we should know that we are with a body of Christ that is friends. A place where others know us, and yet they still love us no matter what. And for that to happen, PFN also, number two, needs to be a place where we seek to know others. We can't all just be takers, right? We can't all just come in this building expecting to be known if we ourselves don't want to know anybody. That wouldn't be fair, right? As happy as Jesus was to sit with Mary, I think his heart broke that day because he wanted to spend time with Martha too. See, Jesus is our example of seeking out others and getting to know them. You know, Jesus had an advantage of knowing everything about people already. He was God, right? So he already knew everything about them before he even, even met them. He didn't have to go through awkward small talk like you and I have to to find out things about people, right? 
he knew them as soon as he met them, but here's the difference. Once he knew all about them, oh, you, you live with 20 cats, okay? Mm, okay. Oh, so you collect belly button lint. Okay. Whatever. Uh, so you actually like pineapple on your pizza. Okay. All right. See, even after Jesus knew everything about everyone he ever met, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that you would want to hide from him, he knows it anyway, and he still wants to be your friend. And he still wants to love you. And he still desires to spend time with you. He ate in the homes of sinners. He spent time with them. He prayed with them. He challenged them. And he was their friend. If we would love to be a place to be known here at PFN, we have to first make sure we are desiring to get to know other people. If we want to find a friend inside these walls, we first need to be a friend inside these walls. Our values, though, don't stop just within our congregation or within the walls here at PFN or even to our people online. But our values need to extend into our community. So number three, PFN needs to be a place where we come to know our community. I know what you're thinking, Pastor, I've lived in Pekin almost all of my life. I know the people of Pekin. Come on. Do we? See, I think I have a pretty good idea who lives in Pekin, but I wondered if PFN is indicative, if what we see here is indicative of what we see out there. Does the population of PFN match the population of Pekin? Does the population of Pekin first match the population of Pekin in our surrounding area? So I did some research. I think we're going to show you a couple graphs on the screen here. You may not be able to see all of those uh, numbers up there, but this is the age breakdown of PFN. Okay, uh, it starts out on the far left with ages 0 through 4, and on the far right is 75 plus. Uh, the, the kids are divided up in about four or five years, and then once you get to adults, then you're up into decades. So 25 to, 25 to 34, 35 to 44, and so on. The red bar represents 2019. The blue, 2020. The green, 2021. And as you can see, every single age group is significantly down over this pandemic, except for zero to four. So evidently the church is still multiplying. That's all we'll say about that. <laughs> Folks, this graph is not unique to PFN. It's the same graph that I could show you probably for every church in our town, every church in our district, every church in our denomination, and almost every single church in North America would have a similar graphic. I saw this morning that in 2019, 14% of our population said that they do not attend church anywhere. In 2021, 50 
4% say they do not attend church anywhere. As you can see, we have lost a huge portion of our senior population. It's no surprise. I've spoken to a couple, different couples just this week who said they just don't feel safe returning to church yet. They don't feel safe being around crowds. Their health uh, makes them stay at home. And we are so glad that you're watching. And I hope that you feel as much part of the family of PFN as anybody seated in this room. You're still our family and we still love you. I notice a huge gap in attendance right in here. See that? The 25 to 45 age group. This is, again, it's not a surprise to us here at the church. We've known that there has been this gap at PFN for many years. Seeing it in a graphic makes it hit home to me a little bit more. And so I ask myself, is this just what PFN is? Is this just Pekin first? Or is this Pekin itself? Because if Pekin looks like this and we look like this, well, then maybe there's nothing wrong. But so look at this next graphic. This is the percentage of population for these age groups compared to the entire population. That brown column is the age group percentages for all of the Pekin area. So I'm going from the Illinois River in the what, west all the way over to the far side of Tremont in the east. Okay, look what we see here. The exact same gap for 18 to 25 year olds. This isn't a surprise. We know that Pekin isn't a college town and Pekin may not be where young people stay to start their career. So now compare the brown column to the red, the blue and the green. The brown, remember, is the population percentages in Pekin. The red, the blue, and the green is a population percentage here at PFN. Look at that right side. Where the kids, the elementary kids are, the preteens, the teenagers. PFN is still killing it. We are still doing great with our kids and our teenagers. And so I'm so happy to say, you know, PFN, uh, the numbers are down, but the, still compared to the rest of the population, we're doing a good job reaching kids and teenagers. It's that middle section that alarms me so much. It's the 25 to 54 year olds that Pekin is not reaching. I want you to look at one of them in particular, 25 to 34 year olds. 12.5% of Pekin's population is between the age of 25 and 34. 2% of PFN is that age group. And folks, if we're going to reach the body of Christ, we need to do a lot better job there, don't we? We need to do a lot better job. I'm not standing here this morning preaching doom and gloom to you. These are the facts. If we're going to thrive, we need to figure this out. We, we need to know our community. We need to know who is in our community. We need to know our community's felt needs and get out there and to provide what is needed so that these percentages start to equal out. This is what Jesus expects from his church. It's why we're here. And four, PFN also needs to be known to our community. Not to other churches, but to our community. 
Look, PFN is well known to other churches and Christians within Pekin. But we need to be well known by people that have no clue who Jesus is. Do the people on Derby Street, the people, I don't know, on 8th Street, do they know who Pekin Pekin First is? Frankly speaking, a lot of times us as Christians, we, we have this tunnel vision where we see the needs of our communities are the same as our needs. But if we here in PFN are different from the people that really live in Pekin, then they're probably not the same needs. So that's why I'm, I'm excited. I have some appointments with our, our area uh, school superintendents. I, I have a, um, a face-to-face meeting with, with Chief Dossie. I get to hear their unique perspective and say, what need is not being met in Pekin? What need is not being met in Tremont? Where can PFN go? What can we do that nobody out there is doing? Because we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't need to repeat what somebody else has done. I think there's a unique need. I think there's something that we are specifically already designed to do that Pekin and Tremont and Tazewell County needs. But for any of this to happen, for any of this to happen, we first need to fall on our feet at the feet of Christ or fall on our our knees at the feet of Christ. We need to crawl up next to Jesus and get to know him. Martha, Martha, Pekin first, PFN. You are worried and concerned about so many things, but only one thing is needed. Have you found it? I'm going to close today by just asking uh, if you would like to come forward and pray. I'm just going to open up the altars today, or maybe if you don't feel comfortable coming forward, uh, or maybe that's just physically not uh, an option for you, maybe you can just turn around, make your pew into an altar this morning. But I'm going to ask that you would just come and pray. Let's start this in prayer. Let's start this at the feet of Jesus this morning. Let's come here. As I'm talking, just stand up. If you want to come forward and kneel at these altars, I'll join you in a second. Just going to ask you to come forward. If you feel like you would like to pray for our church, that you would like to pray for our community, just come forward. I would love these altars to be filled this morning, not because of, ooh, look how good he did preaching. But boy, Lord, this is what we need. We know we need to pray for our church and for our community. So if that's you, just come forward this morning. Jesus. Lord, forgive us if we've let the busyness in our life, forgive us, Lord, if we've allowed the the things that we do, our agenda, our money, any of that to take precedence over you. Return us, Lord, as your Bible says, to our first love. Return us, Lord, to the thing that is most important in our life, and that's falling at your feet and getting to know you. 
We thank you so much, Jesus, that you place in our hearts a desire to know our Father, our Savior. But Lord, we know your heart. And your heart is that you want to spend equal amounts of time. You desire us to come into your presence as well. Thank you, Lord, for loving your people so much. Thank you, Lord, for loving your church so much that you just wouldn't send us out to go do it, but you'll go there with us the whole time, that you'll lead us and you'll guide us. And so, Lord, I pray that as we fall at your feet here this morning, that when we get up today, we're cognizant that we are taking you with us. And so tomorrow morning when that alarm goes off and we're really tempted to hit snooze, may we instead fall at your feet and say, Jesus, spend some time with me. Spend some time with me so that I can know you and, and know that you're leading me today. Take him with you to work. Take him with you to school. Take him wherever you may go. The people at Walmart need Jesus. The people at Kroger need Jesus. Take him with you. And Lord, we pray blessings upon this incredible and wonderful church. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us into places that we have not even dreamed of yet. Take us, Lord, to people that we have not met yet. Help us to meet needs that have not been met. Do things among these people here, Lord, that have never been done before. Use us, mold us, and let us mean it. Lord Jesus, we know that your Holy Spirit is here in our building today. We pray for all of those that are watching online today. We pray, Lord, that they would feel you just as much as we feel you in this room. That, Lord, wherever they are at, whether they are at home on the couch or uh, driving and watching, whatever they're doing, Lord, we pray, Lord, that your blessing would fall upon them and you would use them just as equally. They are us. They are our church. Lord, thank you for them. And so now, Lord, I pray this final blessing upon this congregation. Lord, that as they get up and they take you with them, that our world, our community comes to know us, but more importantly, that they come to know you through us. Do a miracle today that would not have happened if we had not shown up here at church. Do something amazing today, Lord, and may it be for your glory and in your name. And all of us say together as we close, all of us say, amen. I love you guys. Thank you for coming with us this morning. Uh, have an incredible and wonderful day.